0: Shall we start with something grown up? Yes. Um, Big story of the week was this Shamima Begum I'm not sure how to pronounce her name has lost her, effectively lost her British citizenship because she ran away with ISIS Mm. and she wants to come back to be tried for her purported crimes. And I woke up and read that and I thought good but then as the day went on I started to think again what do you think should someone because we're very good at demanding people come back to the UK to face justice yeah but she ran away with ISIS and she's lost her British citizenship the first thing I wondered is would she have lost that citizenship if she was like me, i.e. white?
1: No, I don't think so. It, It depends on whether she gave up her British citizenship when she went to join ISIS and became a citizen of another country. If you're a citizen of another country and there are fears that you could be a danger to this country, then... You, you can't really ask for the British citizenship back, but you can't leave somebody with without a, a country to belong to. So if she hasn't given it up, can you really take away somebody's citizenship without... You, you can't leave them in limbo. You can't leave them in nothing.
0: No, and I wonder if... I'm not sure if oh, she didn't give up her citizenship when she left to um, join ISIS or to a system. Morally, you could argue she did, because mm-hmm. I, I, I guess there is a moral argument that if you go to another country and then attack the country that you are technically a citizen of, obviously in our hearts most people would think well tough you don't deserve to be a citizen anymore but
1: then on that argument there, there is an argument in her defense to say she was 15 years old and had probably been groomed for a, at least 18 months before that time so was she a victim of grooming um, and becoming something that now she's become an adult and reality is kicked in you know it Things can become like dream worlds to teenagers, and what seems exciting actually isn't. I don't really know the obviously, I know the case, but I don't know the ins and outs of it. But I think that has to be taken into consideration. And you can't leave somebody without a country to belong to. The fact is she was a British citizen and if she hasn't given that right up voluntarily to become another, a citizen of another country, then the UK can't wash their hands of a problem.
0: Yeah, because effectively she becomes stateless and that's Hmm. possibly the most dangerous position any human being could be in. Yes um it's difficult because you could say she's not been given a fair trial yes she fled to be with isis but you know and all the facts are there but but you still have the law and you still have the right to a fair trial but
1: mm-hmm. perhaps
0: the big the bigger concern is if she is considered no longer no longer a citizen of the uk that could happen to you or me It's the government, it's a government minister, Priti Patel of all people. Um, And I'm not saying that because she's called Patel, I'm saying that because of the way she's tended to behave over the last few years. She is effectively saying, I can decide someone's citizenship. Now, where does that end? That's a hell of a precedent. I, I could go to the local store and steal some chewing gum in ten years' time and be told you're no longer a British citizen. I know that's a yeah. stupid leap. But 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 these, these things start somewhere. I it's think it's very dangerous.
1: You have to say pretty Patel's probably under a tremendous amount of pressure. Um and the British people you know, the the, the Western world have enormous empathy um for certain situations and I think they find it very difficult to forgive others and one of those difficult situations to forgive are crimes involving children, um, crimes involving terrorism and being a traitor to your country. And Except so I that think the government
0: it's... has returned hundreds of people from Syria
1: can but it was such a high profile case wasn't it and I think you have this it's two very different cases that they've got to try and split a lot of people will see this this woman as a a terrorist and a traitor to the country um, who didn't care about the people that she was putting in danger and is still a credible threat to this country Therefore, it's very easy then to say she's not here and we don't want her here. Um, On the other hand, you've got this very simplistic question of can you leave somebody without a citizenship?
0: But, But even if she had dual citizenship, it's in a way, none of that matters. None of that, leaving her stateless, her being a threat to the country... Even if she had any... If we're saying we have taken your British citizenship away, mm. I don't know that that's down to a politician to decide. That's the dangerous part. That's the precedent. Yeah. That, that to me, doesn't make sense because we have laws. They have to work within laws. And, okay, the Supreme Court has, has upheld it, but... It's not for me to judge why they've upheld it, but it seems almost anything goes with this government at the it's moment. It's a bit
1: like out of sight, out of mind, isn't it? You're not here, so we've washed your, our hands of it. You're not our problem anymore. But unfortunately, she is our problem. Yeah. And, you know, if she's a British citizen, she should she should come back and face... The charges that are brought against her, but I can I can understand the the pressure from the public, the fear.
0: Mm, Of course, but then we seem to be in a that kind of pressure is coming from arguably the same group of people Um, as you get the same you know goes back to what we've said many times but it's it feels like the same group of people who demand brexit who demand end of lockdown and now i
1: don't think so i i think it it stretches it stretches much further than that i i think there is a genuine fear okay of bringing her back into the country i can i can totally understand that's
0: not what i see though When, when you hear people talk um on radio shows and when you read what's in the newspapers no one has got fear of uh, a young woman all they want is revenge and all they believe is that because i think she said she wanted she initially said she wanted to come back to the uk Mm -hmm. and what that did is that flipped a switch in a lot of people's minds who immediately were like no you can't tough So that's the problem, and I think that's maybe where the pressure's come from. It's not necessarily anyone's scared of her coming back. If she came back, she goes to jail, on our taxpayer's dime, admittedly. But I don't think anyone was saying there's a fear of her. I think it was more, she should not be allowed back. Like, you made your bed lie in it. That's what it Mm. feels like.
1: It's so difficult, because part of me just thinks she was only a child, and... You know, no matter which way you look at it, she was groomed yeah. into being the person that she's become today. So should she be given the chance to become a integral part of society? Oh, I oh. Can, I Yeah, see, I can, I can. <clears throat> she, she,
0: she, I, I struggle that. See, that feels like a leap. And I guess that's where it gets difficult. That feels like Mm -hmm. a leap of saying, yes, we'll bring someone back and we'll rehabilitate them. We all have in our heads the word terrorist, uh, the words ISIS, and and we all struggle to ever forgive such things. Um, But I think it goes to me. The first thing is this question of should she be coming back here to be tried? And more importantly, is that citizenship question? I don't believe that should have been taken away from. I her. don't.
1: I don't think you can take away somebody's citizenship.
0: Or, or you the you can't. Leave or a politician. Them nothing. A politician should not be allowed no. to take it away. It's
1: nobody else's problem. If there's She's... legal
0: precedence, though, to take it away, fine. But not when a politician effectively desa- decides. That's what worries me. I still don't mean, think,
1: even if there was a legal precedent, so I, I still don't think it's a it's a correct thing to do. A person belongs to a country, has citizenship of a country. It's like saying, um, you know, I, I don't want this problem, so I'm going to take this away so she's not my problem anymore. You know, the fact is she, she is our problem and it's something that we need to If someone had dual citizenship
0: out. and they were in that other country that they've got citizenship of and they went to that country to undertake terrorist acts, I think that's possibly different. And i also believe there is a legal framework under the human rights act that does allow you to stop citizenship or 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 to remove it and often with extremely good reasons in this case it feels like an opinion and the problem is a lot of people are backing it because it's pretty patel because they're on the right side of the argument i mean right as opposed to left not right wrong but if it was Diane Abbott as Foreign Secretary for Labour, they'd have a very different view.
1: I just think it's a very emotive subject. And I, you know, I feel that there's never going to be a, a right or a wrong answer. I think people have a lot of strong feelings. Um, so it's, it's a really difficult question to answer. I, feel, I kind of feel uncomfortable discussing it
0: yeah no and I agree I... Oh, yeah it doesn't make me feel uncomfortable it, it, it'll it be interesting to see where it goes I just wonder if it's the start of something where it's a precedent isn't it mm. and a potentially dangerous one
1: potentially
0: the other thing you didn't want to talk about no you didn't want to talk about it did you US healthcare what
1: about US healthcare which
0: it's a bit difficult this one because it's quite close to home for you the other story this week was a an American company uh, effectively taking over the GP practices in the UK. Um, and they were, by all accounts, a US health insurer. Now, it is a bit of a, a, a concern. Um, it, it worries me, because obviously many of us Possibly the vast majority in the country are looking for any, anything that, that would be privatised in the NHS by stealth. Mm. Um, because, you know, th- th- this government, uh, this party that's currently in power, historically is not the best at supporting the NHS. And there's often been a lack of funding. But... Uh, the problem is we do have private companies running GP groups mm. in the UK already. Are we just being paranoid because this is a US company?
1: I think there's always been that fear and I think it's it's been exacerbated because Trump said the NHS was on the table. Um, I think the NHS is, an, is a national institution and it would it would be scandalous to then take away care that's free um at the point of access but there the nhs isn't for everyone and there are private companies that will allow um people to access healthcare much quicker than they would through the nhs and that's the choice that they have everybody knows that they can get a GP appointment, um, maybe not for a couple of weeks but they can get a GP appointment. They can go to a and and be seen. Um, they can get treatment for any condition and it isn't based on your income um, or how much health insurance you have or can afford or can't afford. And I think this country is very proud of, of that. It's a massive business. And I think the NHS can be streamlined a lot more than it is. There is there's, I see quite a lot of wasted money with the NHS. Um,
0: I think that happens yes. in any organisation with... I mean, the NHS is obviously the biggest employer in the country. Exactly. It's over a million it's, people
1: it's massive and i think at the you know the country's incredibly proud of our nhs system regardless of how rich or poor you are
0: yeah because it's interesting how i was talking to Tom about this on um somehow we got into a quick text conversation about it and it was cortez um She's quite impressive, and she was arguing mm-hmm. about American health care. Um, and he feels, or Tom was saying, that many other countries, including the UK, have working socialised health care. But the American system is by far the best um, for those who can afford it. The American healthcare mm-hmm. system is the most advanced... And I bet that every other country in the world benefits from that system due to the research they're able to undertake. Um, He also feels that Americans see it differently. And it was interesting that Cortez was saying about how the actual amount people have to pay for healthcare insurance in the US is effectively an extreme tax yeah. It's very high. So it it it's just playing with numbers. I think looking from where we are, you can see it's a big game now. The whole thing if you looked at it just for a few seconds, you would look at the American healthcare system and say this is basically funny money going round between a bunch of people. Um it's
1: a license to print money and charge what you want.
0: Yes, and it's a difficult thing because we've been brought up completely differently. However, I've had an operation on private health care. Mm-hmm. I had health insurance, private insurance, for quite a few years with my job. Uh, Alice had a major operation with it. Tom's had a couple of operations on it. And the difference is quite stark. But to me, the NHS would always be, to most of us, it's something that's very close to to our
1: hearts I and mean, when you say stark I don't think stark is in the care you receive no not at all. I think stark in the fact that you can book a date and and get seen and things can happen a lot quicker
0: well when I say stark I don't necessarily mean in a good way what I mean is um it's maybe too we've talked about this before there needs to be a balance yeah you have the NHS where often there's a long waiting list that's not an issue with the nhs i'll just mute my phone while i'm here that's not an issue with the nhs that's an issue with uh underfunding and and the number of staff they have so you can be waiting too long the communication can be a little bit lax because it's a huge organization Mm. whereas in private healthcare you get offered a sandwich while you're waiting would you like a cappuccino it's ridiculous and yeah but look at my operation um but you
1: pay for that
0: yeah you get no yeah but the point is I, well, I pay for all of it
1: yeah but you pay for you pay for those niceties that's what i'm saying in america their their healthcare system is amazing yes because they've got a lot of money in there that you can make their their surroundings really nice they can you know The care is really good because people are going to individual hospitals and they sort specialist doctors, etc. But it's only an amazing healthcare system for that percentage that can afford it. The percentage that can't afford it are left with nothing. And that's one thing that we... We don't say in this country... We need to get to the bottom of that, though. Everybody can access healthcare, good healthcare, and get the treatment that they needed, which is free. And if you want to pay extra and get an appointment quicker, you can, you have that choice. You can access private healthcare if you want to. But everybody is entitled to a basic level of care. Actually, I say basic, it's actually a very high level of care. Isn't it the same in the
0: US? I may be wrong. No,
1: they they can only (coughs) access basic emergency care.
0: But my understanding is, and I've read a couple of times about this, that because of the perception of American healthcare being so good, and because the experience of people with insurance being so good, their basic emergency care is often the equivalent, if not slightly better than the NHS, yeah, believe it or not.
1: absolutely. But it's the ongoing treatment that's the problem. Yes, If true. you have cancer, if and... you've got really good health care, then you're far likely to survive <clears throat> cancer than somebody who has no health care at all. Because the difference, the comparability between the the levels of care and the levels of treatment that you can, treatments that you can access are so fundamentally different
0: good point and we've been through that we went through that um with Tom where let's be honest for whatever reason at that time the the care he was getting was poor and we didn't know if he was actually seriously ill so we had to pay to go private as it turned out the private company overbilled us so much they ended up writing it all off but that Possibly goes back to what we were saying a few minutes ago. Um, so we've had times when, when we've had to resort to that. But no, I do agree with you. It's very much have and have not. Have not. But to me, I think a socialised healthcare system makes sense for any nation because more people get the treatment they need. They're more likely to be able to work more of the time which helps the economy and and you don't end up having to treat people with more serious illnesses because they couldn't get the care in the first place for most nations people might say the nhs costs a fortune and i mean the fact it employs a million people is an example of how much it must cost but i wonder how much it saves and i wonder if it almost keeps the country going if you've I think got it people does. who are well as a general rule then you potentially, and I think actually the pandemic has possibly shown that when it's underfunded, look what happens. Mm. You end up with an absolute disaster. And if if they had been funded better over the last 10 years, if they'd followed the guidance and had proper PPE, our deaths yes. could be 30,000 now. And if, you,
1: and if you look at the stories that came out of America, where different areas, different um, economic areas... Got different levels of PPE I and know, different protections. That's different. Also from whether they were Republican areas or that's different. though, no, that's different
0: states. The governors, the governors decide. The president doesn't actually have direct control over each state. That's down to the governors. No,
1: I know, but it depends on how rich that state was as to how well funded their hospitals were. Because some of the poorer states were really, really struggling with PPE. And then you, have, you would still have people that would take um, somebody to hospital not being able to breathe. But they didn't have insurance for that hospital, so they're sent away to another hospital. So you would never get that in this country, and that's what we're incredibly proud of. You can have a lord that goes into a hospital, and you can have a homeless um, person on the street that goes into the hospital. Both would receive the same level of care. No, absolutely. No, they would, because the NHS or the people that work within the NHS, um, you know, they pride themselves on the fact that everybody receives the same amount of care. It doesn't matter who they are or why they're there. Mm. Everyone receives the same level of care.
0: Yeah, no, that's true. And you definitely see that from the people working in there. I mean, in America, it is... Very different. Yes, you, it's one country, but that, that you are talking a collection of states and so it will be extremely different in each state. Uh, the NHS does indeed span the UK, so it is the same. It is unfortunate that in some areas, as we've seen, some areas have proportionally much higher death rates from COVID. Mm. um so you still have that gap between poor and rich in the uk there's always and that, going
1: to be that yeah but that it? does yeah. actually
0: translate to the nhs as well because yeah. um i'm not sure that the government is able to then tweak the funding for example to say a town up north that's poor where people are historically having health problems gets this percentage more funding than somewhere like in devon where a lot of people are more healthy, yeah. maybe a bit more, they've got a bit more money. So I do think we have a disparity here as well. But you're right, it's that fundamental thing to everyone. I'm ill, I have a right to go into the NHS, even yeah. if there's delays and there's waiting lists. Um, Forget the pandemic, there have been people in the past waiting years for a hip replacement. Mm. They must be in agony. So we have that issue but that's not an issue of the NHS, is it? That's an issue of government yes. and funding,
1: and the funding. And I think what you're saying about the, you know, north south divide or the the rich poor divide. It, it's it's not as simple as you know funding into the NHS or giving different amounts of monies to to whichever areas are are poor or rich or are healthier it's it's much bigger than that it's about tackling um i can't really think of the right word but it's 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 all about tackling the way people people live and and work and um,
0: yeah 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 it's you're trying to change a whole population you're looking at obesity getting people to exercise the fact is, they don't want to, they don't want to. Um, yeah, it's like we- the
1: money in an area, isn't it? And the type of work that they do, and just the same as it it brought to, like, um, with COVID, the fact that there were the places where cases rose so, so quickly and yeah. were the highest levels were the areas where people needed to go out to work. They couldn't work from home. They didn't have that luxury. So more of your blue-collar workers.
0: Yeah, that's true. And I wondered, I just wondered something perversely. Do you think the improvements in... I wonder if the improvements in US healthcare have allowed the population as a whole, obviously far from everyone, but a bigger percentage of the population to become bigger, to become obese, because uh, you have the healthcare there to almost allow that lifestyle to continue and i suspect it's the same in the uk our government constantly talks about how we're becoming an obese nation but it's almost like you can walk around really being quite obese and you'll be thrown all these different medications oh your blood pressure's high now because of it oh you've got diabetes People will still walk around at the same weight, but they just happen to be taking seventeen tablets a day. I know, I
1: know. So, so
0: I don't think. I wonder if but in some ways we cause isn't it? that. Yeah, but I wonder if in some ways we enable it. Enable it, and although I do notice some insurance companies now are are looking to link the insurance you have with your lifestyle. Certain insurance companies will give you a free Apple Watch when you uh, sign up. Oh, that sends a little bit of a shiver through me, knowing that my insurance company would technically be watching everything. I, but yeah, it's it's a never-ending debate. The fact is, people born in the UK, the majority, will always love socialized healthcare. Yeah, uh, and quite a big, big proportion in America.
1: I think it's just something we we've always been incredibly proud of.
0: It is, but I think if we're cynical, looking at countries like America, and it's not just America, who have predominantly private healthcare. it's very easy to look and presume that many people think long as my health is okay i don't care if someone else can't afford it
1: yeah and, but i think in the uk we do care
0: uh, and we do but then as i say we've used private health care it's that old thing yeah. when it comes to your own family i don't remember thinking um no, no, no! I'm a firm believer of the NHS. It was like, no, I want this done straight no, of away. Course, of
1: course, of course, we're a firm believer of the NHS. We were just lucky enough to be able to afford to, to yeah, to to see a doctor privately to get answers quicker because we were concerned, um, and we were just we were just incredibly lucky that that we could we could access that route. But doesn't it doesn't mean that you know, we're not incredibly proud of the NHS and we we don't usually go to the NHS first. I mean I trust I would trust the NHS
0: Oh, I would. Well look at my um,
1: operation over any kind of Look at mine. Mine
0: was on my nose, wasn't it? And that night I stayed in the private hospital and it was all had all these this packing up my nostrils and I got really asthmatic. And I rang the bell and said, I, I, I'm feeling really asthmatic, I'm struggling. And this doctor, he was quite young, came back in with a steroid tablet. And I went, What the hell good is that? I said, I need an inhaler, I need something, mm-hmm. you know, a nebulizer or whatever. And um, he just looked at me, he went, He never came back. It was about an hour later, I kept buzzing. An hour later, a nurse came and said, Oh, I'll get you a, an inhaler and that. And it was like, Wow. But I'd been told that, that. Um, if you get a problem in a private hospital, you really would rather be in the NHS. Yeah. They don't like to do the dirty stuff. They like to do the planned stuff.
1: Well, it's because it's planned operations and planned recovery. Yeah. They're not. Um, they're not experienced with with emergency care, and that's why if anything ever goes wrong within a private hospital or, or post um, post op, they would usually be transferred to an NHS hospital. It's just having that experience of, of knowing how to deal with any kind of um, you know acute complications or it's
0: so ironic, isn't it, that, that, that you could pay thousands to have a private operation and mm. yet you, you then end up transferred to the NHS. But that's another misconception, I think. I think people who say private healthcare is damaging the NHS because it, so many doctors work in the NHS and private I'm not so sure it is I would imagine for every patient if you have an operation being done in the NHS there's a lot of people involved in that even a simple one you've got the surgeon you've got the anaesthetist you've got all the nurses yeah. I would imagine if that same operation was done privately it actually is quite a benefit for the NHS because it saves, it adds a lot more capacity. Okay.
1: So the majority of, of doctors that work in the private sector of consultants Yeah. for, for one, um, and they will often work their, most of their shifts in the NHS. Yeah. So they will be doing NHS and then a little bit of, of private healthcare on top. So they've, they've, paid their dues if you'd like they've gone through all of their training over many many years and all that experience and become a consultant and most of them are quite senior consultants as well when they go into private healthcare. but they work both and same with the anaesthetists it tends to be the the nursing staff that that tend to just be private nursing staff rather than um Working know. within the NHS as well, so I think that that post recovery, um, not always. Some people might might do both. I I'm not quite sure, but I know um, pretty much if you see a doctor in private healthcare, they will be consultant level, very senior. You're not going to see a junior doctor.
0: No, no, no. Okay. Yeah, it's um, it's interesting. And in some ways, I suspect we actually have quite a good balance in the UK.
1: I think we do. At, at the moment,
0: do. um, it does allow the people who really want that type of health care yeah. to get it. But we still... You have that
1: choice <laughs> still. You can have that choice if you want to, by paying outright, by paying insurance.
0: If you've got the money, yeah. If
1: you've got the money, yeah, but you still have that have that choice. And as you say, some jobs still carry health care as well. So there there is that choice. Um, but we have a really nice balance in this country, I think. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. No, I, 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 I would agree. Yeah, I definitely agree. Um, I did have two more topics, but one of them is really quite uh, boring. Um,
1: Us boring? Never.
0: <laughs> yeah, good point. I was thinking about this because I've written all the stuff for this podcast on a paper notebook with a pen. Mm -hmm. which is remarkable for me. And I've been doing this for a few weeks and I've found that I've almost found it less stressful. It sounds silly, but if I put like a task to do or a list of things I've got to do in via a keyboard on a phone or the Mac or whatever, it feels like work. Whereas just silly stuff at home, if I write it down and come back to it, I find I'm much more likely to do it when I want. Yeah. because obviously that piece of paper's not going to send me an alarm. Now, I can do that at the moment. We're in lockdown. It might be very different. Once we are out of lockdown, you're back to normal life. Everything goes at a much quicker pace. But do you think we have a habit of trying to digitise everything that's analogue? I mean, I think I wrote about this recently on the site. It works for some things. GPS, obviously, satellite navigation... Is much better than a paper map. Yes. Photography has now reached a point where a film seems a bit silly. You might want to print something off for nostalgia's sake or to put on the wall.
1: But it's quite a simple thing to do.
0: It is, but I was having the discussion, and I've mentioned it before about this styluses, that why do we write, why do we try to draw and write on screens rather than paper? And aren't we just digitising stuff for the sake of it?
1: No, I think there is a there is a market there because people that like writing on paper, and there's plenty of people that love writing with a nice pen, on an in a nice notebook, and actually writing things down. But for for those that will often write ideas If you can mimic what it's like to write on a piece of paper and then it gets automatically transferred over to your computer, well, that's the best of both worlds. You know, if you're you're working like that where you're jotting down ideas but you need then for it to go over onto your computer, that's brilliant. But you don't need anything like that. So you like writing. I like writing in a nice notebook. Because
0: you never you're not particularly good at doing reminders and that. You tend no. to write everything down, don't you? So you can refer to it in a small notebook.
1: Yeah, I, I prefer, I just prefer that way. I That's the way I like to write. Is it because have... it's
0: more permanent? Is it because if you write it down in ink, you know it's there. Okay, you could lose it and it's gone. It's not yeah. backed up as such. But I wonder if it's because it's more, um, it's just there forever sort of thing
1: yeah i think so i think there's a certain satisfaction of being able to write something down it's it's a notebook that i can keep taking out of my pocket and having a look and referring to if i need to like i have a little notebook at work that i write things down if i if it's something that i don't do all the time um
0: it's less efficient think, though isn't it i
1: think that's good it is much I less know, efficient like, because I suppose it is, and I suppose if you're if you're really good with the computers and your phone and what whatnot, you can you can do what I do in a notebook quite easily. But I'm not that au okay fait with computers. No, no, no. You know, I like to draw the, the pictures. I like I like things. If I'm learning something, it's very visual for me to learn. So I'm a visual learner, and therefore that if I'm if I'm writing something down that I've learned on a study day, I might have to draw a picture to help me understand that and to refer to yeah, yeah. so that I can't do that on a phone or a computer also and I can just flick through and get the page that I want to and put it back in my pocket but that obviously takes longer longer than just
0: searching on a phone as an example
1: but also taking a notebook out and and glancing at it when you're caring for a patient is very different from taking a phone out and then looking up what you need
0: so that's about being rigorous with how you put the information in it's just Not interesting. only that,
1: and also perceptions as well. It's perceptions to what somebody else sees you doing.
0: That's a good point. If you're with a patient and you're on your phone, yeah, for some reason, just looking... That's an interesting point, actually. I hadn't thought about that. If a doctor stood there, got out his little notebook and looked at something and said, oh, no, it's going to be this, you sort of just accept it. If they get their phone out, you think, oh, no, you're having to look on Google. It's true, exactly. isn't it? It's weird. Or yeah. What's
1: he doing on his phone? Is he taking a call? Is he answering a text? He's meant to be talking to me about what he's seen on my scan, or you mm. know. So Is he it's...
0: sorting out his new private shift?
1: <laughs> well, exactly. You don't. You don't know what perceptions. I know doctors use their phones a lot for all sorts of reasons, um, and they and they do take them. They they do have a need to take them out, but you don't know what perception that that. Person you're looking after has over someone taking out their phone. So I have this thing, you know, with, at, at work my phone stays in my bag, um, and that's why I use a, a notebook a lot of the time. And I do like writing in a notebook. There's something really satisfying about having a nice yeah. pen and writing in a notebook. I found that. That's that's just me. I like my computer, but if I if I had a job where I write loads of notes down, and I need them transferred over to the computer. absolutely one of those digital kind of note pieces of paper that you can write on like an etch-a-sketch and it feels like writing on paper and but then gets transferred straight over to your computer amazing it's like a dream come true
0: well i I think it is like a dream come true i have tried things in the past where you write on a notebook Um, i've got one here actually where you can write and it's automatically transferred to your phone And it's a bit of a clunk. It Mm. doesn't really... I think what I liked, I was thinking about this over the last few weeks, I don't... The Apple Watch, um, I don't tend to use as much. I've gone back to a proper traditional watch. And I do enjoy that. I don't... I can't imagine now reading a book on an iPad or a phone. I can't imagine reading a book on a proper screen. On the Kindle, I see that as the perfect middle point it there's no glare it actually looks like a book but you get all the advantages of digital remembering your space and and literally keeping hundreds of books on this tiny device and i also see those e-ink note takers as Mm. a good middle ground yeah because you can just use it as a notebook and it's never ending but I, i wonder if with that it's maybe it's, it's an example of digitizing something for the sake of it. I understand certain features like annotating a PDF file or wanting to save your writings and have them converted to digital text. But as a pure note taker, I still don't think anything beats paper and pen. And I wonder if we've got too hung up on, I think in my head, I've almost gone the opposite way, if it's not digital if it's not backed up it's not going to survive whereas if it's in a notebook i could lose that yeah. at any point and it could just disappear
1: i don't know i just i just think it's a niche it is a niche product for a niche market
0: it is it is it, it's
1: not going to take over your pen and paper and it's not going to take over your computer it's it's just something that a few people will find really really useful in their in their job role.
0: yeah and, and maybe it's uh, just sitting at home having all this time that's made me think about it but i think about the things that a phone has replaced whether it's calculators notebooks mm. calendars um i'm quite enjoying not being so digital for the sake of it yeah and i think that's what keeps the industry going that's why people will buy the iphone 13 it'll offer almost nothing extra But people will buy it just because
1: it's the latest.
0: The latest thing. I have got something else, but I think we'll do it for another time because it's quite big. And and you're giving me that. um, I don't really want to talk any longer. Face.
1: (laughs) What face is that?
0: Well, I can always tell with you actually because you tap your Apple Watch. You look at the time. (laughs) You've got to tap it to look at. That's crazy. Yeah. Um,
1: It's only because we're getting food delivered. I was just checking the time
0: okay i believe you sweetheart Mm. thank you for listening everyone goodbye
1: thank you bye